Welcome to Bottoms on Top. I'm John. And I'm Ian. Hi. What's up, Ian? I haven't seen you in forever. I know. Actually, uh, we saw each other yesterday. Oh, yeah. That's my favorite part of the day. At Will Calf. Unplanned. So much love. Jackson had just left, and I was like, oh, my God. I told you, but I need to tell the world. Jackson left, and there was a straight couple that was sitting on either side of the table. And when he left, they moved onto the bench side together, and Mm -hmm. we're like seriously making out Ew. for like five minutes five minutes it was like, so take a breath. bizarre like, i know what the fuck and then the guy left and the girl went over and some of her friends were at another table and they were like you two are so cute i'm like it's literally vile That's i would have rather watched rats i saw made. a straight couple make out in front of commons and it's it cold was, out people. it was cold i was like go inside don't do it in front of the door it's like were they like blocking it? Yeah. yeah. These people. Were... I had to walk around them so that I, because they were in front of the doors closest to me. Yeah. Closest to bridge. So. This couple was like, like within six inches of me. Ew. Anyway, the world has to know that John looked super cute in his pink shirt, oh. and we had a very tender moment. We did. For like twenty minutes. We looked at different panties for Ian to wear at the drag show. The one that I chose. They were only available in extra extra large, so I could, I'm uh, still looking. The search continues. The search continues. Um, Ian, do you have a crush? I do. I think not really. No, I don't. I mean, like Back I do, pedaling. but like not. I I I have an Insta crush. Okay. But not like an actual emotional crush. Whomst is it? I'm not gonna say. Okay. I also don't know that person's name. <laughs> <laughs> or their Instagram handle. They just come up on my feed, and I'm like, I just want to be you. Like, it's like a kind of girl crush, but on a gay dude, if that yeah, makes sense. that makes sense. Yeah. What um, about you? Do you have a crush? No, but I need one. Doesn't your life feel so empty when you don't have a crush? I just, like, what am I supposed to think about? Yeah. I feel I, like a, I'm not going to do my homework. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I also think, like, a crush is like a mirror. You have to keep looking at it. Yeah. Otherwise, you forget yourself. That's so true, Ian. <laughs> I find that to be true. Um, do you have any suggestions? Because I, I need someone to scheme. You know what I used to do in sophomore year? I used to go through the members list on work. But then it turns out I know most of those people. Yeah. So you really have to look beyond. Yeah. Like, I don't know. You don't have anyone in mind? I don't have anyone. I tried outsourcing this to mm-hmm. um, this girl who I'm friends with, but is kind of in different social circles than me. So I thought mm-hmm. she'd have some insightful ideas. Mm-hmm. And she, I think she took it as an exercise to just name gay people. I was like, this is not a one-size-fits-all exercise, no. Abby McGuckin. Uh- <laughs> I'm going to need like some tailored responses. And also, I feel like as someone who's still visible as you, like you know most of the known gays. So it's like... Yeah, I need you to dig a little deeper. Dig a little deeper. Look where we're not looking. Exactly. So if anyone has suggestions... Podcasts at the <laughs> dp.com. Oh, yeah. Should we talk about spring break? Spring break? I went on a spring break trip with three other queer friends. So that was amazing. You did a road trip across the whole country. Yeah. It was cross-country thought bop. That's a hashtag on Instagram. That's a hashtag on Instagram. Look it up. So it was a lot of fun. 
Um, some of us got laid. Some of us didn't. Jordan Do you want Cash. to say more about that? <laughs> No, not really. No, that's all. You I know. mean, they went and like did their thing. I'm happy for them. But it was nice to be traveling with like all queer friends, and you know that the place you want to go to is like each city's equivalent of neighborhood. Yeah, you know. Yes, um, I also went with two gay friends for spring break, and we. Like, at the end of the week, I was like, what would I have done if there was, like, even one straight person with us? Yeah. Like, it would have, like, drastically altered our activities for Or the you week. guys have to, like, like, debate about, like, yeah. tonight we're doing this, tomorrow night we can do this. Yeah. Which is, like, nice to, like, just be, like... All on the same page. Exactly, about what you want to do. Although, at moments, I miss Woody's, like, hardcore. As you shitty as Woody's. Woody's. I know. It's not bad. That's you you that? act like you don't, but you you're nothing without it. I'm nothing without it, honestly. What gay shit happened recently? I don't um, know. Am I allowed to plug you, Ben? Yes. Oh my god, do it. We have to talk about it. Um, if you are listening to this, the week that this podcast came out, it's Q Pen on campus, which is the LGBTQ Cultural Week. And I helped plan the events, so please come to them. Yeah, he was a co-director. Yeah. He did an amazing job. Eh, I think, honestly. Okay, the, the people at the LGBT Center, the staff, I know you sometimes listen. Please stop listening right now. Thank um, you. I think we might put the center out of some money, but it's okay. They have Are the it. tickets not going well, ticket sales? Oh, there's free admission to the event. Oh, wow. I just think some, like, T's weren't crossed, I's weren't dotted. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I already made a payment plan for myself when I graduate to make up the money that I lost the center by donating. Wow, you're already one guilty person. I know. If I do $38 and, like, 28 cents a paycheck, assuming I have bi-weekly paychecks after graduation. (laughs) Wow, (laughs) so you really thought about this. It'll take two years to pay off. Okay. Um, so someone do the math and get back to us. It's like several thousand. Dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> but the week's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. I love it. Yay! <coughs> so when is a who is a keynote speaker and when the keynote speaker them? is Maya Taylor. Um, she's an actress. Her most notable film um, is Tangerine, which is on Netflix. So you should watch it if you have. It's amazing. It. It's so. It's like an experience. She doesn't get credit for it, but she also helped write it. I didn't even know that. Yeah. And um, it was shot on iPhone 5S's. Yeah. And the quality looks good. Yeah. I hope that the people listening to this podcast already know all of this about Tangerine. I hope so too. But. If not, they can watch it. Yeah. On Netflix. And we're closing Coupon with. The drag show. Hey. Do you have a drag name yet? No. I don't know if I'm even going to do it because. What do you mean? I don't want to go with something and have it be wrong, you know? But there's always potential for it to be wrong. No. I'll brainstorm. Ian and I are both performing. Ian for is returning to the stage and I'll be going for the first time. Yeah, as Backdoor Betty. (laughs) (laughs) Backdoor Betty on top. Mm -hmm. And you don't know your drag name yet? No. Should we do like a House of Betty? So you could be something Betty? Mm. No. 
Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Who do we have this week? This week we have Andreas and Perrin, and we have Cody Smith <laughs> for Consumptuda. Thank you, Cody, for coming. Um, one, the first response that a friend had when last episode came out was like, "Wait, there's no Cody," because they we didn't have. Um, it was my mom instead. <laughs> Can you name that person? No, I, I can't. I'm know. sorry. Because we didn't have consent or no, and I that's like the favorite part of the show. Wow, I'm making it big amongst <laughs> the 400 monthly listeners of weekly, bi-weekly. bi-weekly. Anyways, sorry. My dad thinks you're funny too. Just Wow, John's dad has a great sense of humor. <laughs> I can see that without ever having met him. Um, but okay, ladies, it's getting real. And I will say... I think I've outgayed even myself <laughs> with this list, which is like the bar is already set so high. If you know me um, or listen to the tone of my voice, uh, <laughs> so I really went for it here. So consenter now. We'll start off with. <laughs> we'll just dive right in. Leather daddy or twink? Should we define either of these terms? Just look it out. There's Google, honestly. Don't Google image. Well, (laughs) or you can, but like in the private of your own home. Go on incognito, perhaps. Search both terms together on the video. That's (laughs) raunchy. Consent to twinks. No to leather daddy. I think leather daddies don't need any more affirmations. (laughs) Honestly. (laughs) Um, I didn't realize this would be such a difficult. This is choice. you're like going to the core of <laughs> yeah. like my perception of myself. Like, yeah. um, I think I've spent a lot of time resenting twinks because I don't fit in that category, mm-hmm. and I feel that in a lot of ways they are valued um, sexually. Mm-hmm. And so I think me at another time would have said no to twinks consent to leather daddies but you know i'm coming to terms with myself and who i am so i'm just gonna say no to both wow Wow. um i just want to say well i have i think i've drunk messaged ian about this that many people refer to me as a twink and i hate that so like when i'm drunk i will text multiple people do you think i'm a twink (laughs) do you think i'm a twink and um and the responses vary, honestly. Zach Willis, shout out to you for saying no. Thank you. <laughs> he is an expert on twinks because he is the ultimate twink. So, Wait, am I a twink? I don't think why, so. Why are people afraid to be a twink? I just want to know. Like, I just, There's a comfort in knowing. Like, who am I? <laughs> <laughs> twink as identity. <laughs> like, wow. Um... We might not be able to address that. Can we get some census data? (laughs) (laughs) Well, have you? There is a gay census online that you can go in, type out your stats, and it will sort you into a tribe. Excellent. And it sorted me as a twink. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Grinder or Tinder? I'm going to say, I'm honestly going to say yes to Grinder, no to Tinder, because I feel like very rarely do I like end up meeting up with people from mm-hmm. Tinder. I was thinking the same thing, yeah. I think Grinder gives a good snapshot of a neighborhood, and I think Tinder gives you, like, a good snapshot of a city. Hmm. 
So what? sometimes when you're in the suburbs, my <laughs> winter break is so sad. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm scrolling through Tinder and three guys come up. Uh, Increase your mile. Oh, I do. Is it like 35? <laughs> oh my God. So I can hit DC. 40, I can hit Baltimore. But literally, if I don't increase it, there will be like, I'll be like, who's gay? Who's out? Who from high school is out now? And then I'll be like, no one. <laughs> it's still just <tricky. laughs> When I'm home, if I get it up to like 30 or 40, I start getting Canadians. Amazing. <laughs> Which is honestly like so, so insightful. International. Well, maybe marry one of those. <laughs> Leave. Yeah. Um, did you... You didn't answer definitively. I'm not answering. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> uh, Selena Gomez or The Weeknd... I realized recently some people think The Weeknd is, like, kind of trash, which I don't agree with. I thought Starboy could be, like, universally loved. But. I have my questions about The Weeknd. I don't think I'm entitled to the questions, but I still have those questions. So, and... So ask them. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, when Kim versus Taylor thing was going down, Selena says stupid things, so mm. no to both. Okay. Oh. Yeah. You ha- I was ready to consent to Selena, and you had to bring Taylor Swift into it. You have to remember. And you know what? Her story is important. I'm still going to consent to Selena. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Those who, will st- <laughs> those who stand for nothing will fall for anything, John. I've um, said a lot of shit on this podcast, and I never really worry about it being on record, but that honestly, like... <laughs> Like, you made an enemy today. <laughs> you might not know who that enemy is, but Joyce, they're out Joyce, please there. cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all I have, so I hope it was enough. It was ample. It was more than I needed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe too hard-hitting. Sorry. Too political. Thank you, Cody. Here we are with Andreas and Perrin. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having us. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Can you identify each other? Oh, or like I'm, yourself? I'm Perrin. <laughs> and I'm Andreas. Excellent. So that our listeners can know. Now that that's all settled. <laughs> so today we're talking about the experiences of people of color in the gay community. Mm-hmm. Important topic. So let's dive on in. Yeah. So we found you guys because you guys wrote a piece on the, on the street, on street, um, yeah. about being some student magazine and some student magazine, <laughs> some independent student magazine. The name escapes me. Yeah, um, about your experience with your gender, like race and sexual um, sexuality, and I related very much to it. So I was wondering if you could talk about what life events or series of life events inspired you guys. Yeah, I guess, like, most of, like, what I was writing about just came from, like, experience on, like, social platforms and, like, different, like, dating apps and stuff just because, like, I feel like people are more likely to just judge you based off of, like, um, how you look because that's pretty much all they have and whatever, like, hundred words or so you write in your bio. Mm-hmm. So I think that, like, um, one of the things that definitely, like, matters for me is just the fact that, like, I'm, like, kind of racially ambiguous, so people, like, tend to just assume things about me, like, oh, they'll, like, message me on Grindr speaking Spanish, and I'm, like, that's great, like, I speak Spanish, but not because I was, not because I'm Hispanic, because I learned Spanish, you know, and that's, like, very presumptuous of you to assume things like that and assume things based on people just, like, 
based on the way they look. Yeah. How often or how soon into the conversation do you get asked about your race? Um, I think it depends, like, what kind of, like, platform it is. Like, sometimes, like, I own it. Like, on my Instagram, I'm, like, mm-hmm. Prince Mulatto, you know? And I, like, kind of like that because I am mixed race, like, half black and half Greek. So, like, that, like, brings up the conversation more, and it's usually more friendly in that sense. But I feel like it usually takes, like, maybe just, like, one awkward silence or one awkward LOL, cool, for someone to be like, so, where are you from? Like, you look different, you know? yeah. I I personally hate it when, like, it happens really early in a conversation. Oftentimes they ask me, like, are you Chinese or Japanese? Like, that's, like, the third thing they say to me. And I, I don't know, I hate, like, even if they come from good intention, I feel like it's hard to tell if they're coming with good intention, if they're, if it's on a social media. Yeah, it's kind of weird because it's, like, what does it really matter? Like Yeah, exactly. It's, like, the first, it's, like, okay, one of three things. Like, oh, what's your name? Like, maybe, like, where are you from? Things like that. And then, like... And oh, it's like, why do you want to identify thing. my race or like yeah. background? It's like, just like, think about that. And most people, maybe they don't think about it that way. Like, oh, like, I'm just asking just to make conversation. But it's also like, why is that at the front of your mind? Like, I really want to know. Yeah. Because I don't really know. Perrin, do you want to talk about what led you to write the piece that you did? Yeah. Um, so the same experience with Ian. Like, one of the, honestly, one of the first questions I always get asked is, like, where are you? from like what are you and then some people just like jump straight to the point and are just like no like where are you from originally like where's your family from and just like I guess like that feeling of being like the other or just like obviously you're not from America or like you can't be from here because you look a certain way and so I've always had like an issue with that I don't feel like people mean anything bad by it but like is it really necessary to ask um and like what good does it do for you Mm -hmm. what good does it do for me for you to know and like just like another thing I guess not I guess like I definitely don't use Grindr um and part of the reason is because of like everything that I've read about it um there's like this one class I took where we like read a lot about like Asian-American masculinity in, like, the gay community, and I, like, just reading excerpts from, like, Grindr bios about, like, people's perceptions on Asians in the gay community, like, especially, like, white people's perceptions is, like, it was, like, wild, and it was, like, upsetting. Yeah. Um, And, like, I guess, like, one of my favorite ones, so to speak, would be, like, I block more Asians or, like, I keep out more Asians than, like, the Great Wall of China. Or, like, stuff like that. I that, like... Ugh, it's horrible. I started doing this thing where now if someone... if I, Every time I get, like, a racist comment, I, like, take a screenshot of their face and their comment and, like, share it on Twitter. And it's so empowering. Because I'm, like, I want my friends to know that, like... When I want my friends to know that this happens, like, regularly in my life when I'm on apps. Um, and, two, that, like... I'm going to expose your crusty ass. <laughs> like, honestly, like, there was one time where a, this crusty dude messaged me, and I, he was like, hi, and then I ignored him because I was like, you're crusty. Like, you're not worth my time. And also, he was like, I was on a road trip with my f- friends for spring break, so, like, I was already, like, hundreds of miles away from him. And then 
he was like, hey, and then, like, a few days later, he was like, got an Asian to me. Ha, 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 rude. And it's like, what is that supposed to mean? And his response was, I'm white. Wow. I was like, wow. I think a lot of people probably would be, if they're not on the apps, I would hope they would be kind of shocked at how, like, blatant and, like, upfront people are about their racism. Like, it's, like, in the bios a lot of times. Yeah. Like, not into black guys, sorry. I don't get it. I don't know why it emboldens people to do that on apps. That's a question I had, actually. Do you, either of you feel a difference between the way people act on the apps, kind of when they have that web interface to separate them from you versus IRL, which my mom listens now, so that's in real life. <laughs> <laughs> so she listens to all episodes now? I don't think she's caught up, but she's on her way. Okay, great. Yeah, I think people like definitely like to like hide be- behind the internet in like a sense, and like they'll definitely be more direct because it's almost like you have nothing to lose. Like, mm-hmm. worst comes to worst, some like just like putting yourself in like, almost like the other position. It's like, oh, if I like put in my bio, not into black guys, suddenly like, oh, like someone will message you and they'll be angry and you'll get blocked and that's the end of that. Like you'll never have to interact with that person. You may never have to see them again. It's almost like there's nothing to lose, and it's kind of sucky to think that way. Versus, like, if you were in, like, a public setting, like, people would, like, be like, hey, that's not cool, or, like, if it manifested in a different type of aggression. But I think because there's almost no consequence to just, like, being upfront about, like, prejudices or how people will call them preferences, but, like, Mm -hmm. really just, like, prejudices. There's, like, no loss to that person. And I'm curious about how, like, those indirect, like, subtle ways, like, those subtle, like, real-life biases manifest in your life. I guess I have an example, which was when uh, my friend and I went out clubbing Mm -hmm. um, at this, like, gay club in Montreal. And he's a conventionally attractive, like, white male. Mm -hmm. And I am... I'm going to say beautiful, because I deserve that. Yes, you are. Um, Parents hot for those at home. (laughs) Look him um, up. He's <laughs> on the apps. Yeah. But just, like, being there with him and seeing how much attention he was getting and sort of just, like, feeling sort of, like, pushed to the side almost um, was, like, very apparent to me, like, the discrepancies and, like, like how different, I guess, how people perceive me in, like, the gay community and, like, perceive, like, my body as, like, an Asian male, almost. Mm-hmm. Not, like, almost, but, like, as an Asian male. Mm-hmm. I don't share this often, but um, in freshman year, like, I had a lot of people who, like... So, my roommate um, and I, like, because he was gay, we went to, like, gay events together a lot. And we went to, like, like parties together, Lambda, event, Lambda Alliance events together, too. And people would... One, like, introduce themselves first to Nick um, and then to me or would introduce themselves only to Nick and, like, never to me, even though, like, clearly Nick and I came together uh, or, like, or talk over me. So, like, I felt that it was race-based, but I'm not really sure because I think I was shyer in freshman year, too, so I don't really, didn't put myself out there. But then, I don't know, it's, like, hard to interpret because I think that my first impulse is to think, oh, it's race-based, but then... Um, like if it's not race based, and I'm like I'm not sure what it is, and then I often end up blaming myself, or like that was my attitude in freshman year. 
How has that changed over time, Ian? How has it changed over time? Um, I feel like I'm more... I, I think I just in, end up introducing myself. So, like, don't, I don't... I stopped waiting for other people to introduce themselves to me. And now I think my attitude is, like, I don't need to meet everyone. Um, I just want to meet good people. Hi, John. What's up, Ian? <laughs> How does race affect your sexuality? What an excellent question, Ian. And I think... I obviously spend a lot less time thinking about it as a white person. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say, I think since coming to Penn, I have become a lot more aware of how race plays into how I interact with other gay men, whether it's on the apps or IRL. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, honestly, like when I got here, there were a lot of things that I thought were okay that weren't, and a lot of things I didn't realize that I thought or just, like, subconsciously held. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, you mentioned earlier, like, the preference uh, versus prejudice. Like, I think probably definitely in high school I was like, yeah, like, that's just, you can't help who you're attracted to. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, taking a while to be like, well, why why is that? And, Mm -hmm. like, stepping back. um, I definitely notice it when I'm swiping on Tinder and it's like, I I feel, I feel like a lot of times people just like swipe very quickly, mm-hmm. and I've tried to make an effort to like go slower because I honestly have like noticed myself in the past like when I'm just like swiping really quickly, like maybe swiping disproportionately right on white guys mm-hmm. and disproportionately left on non-white guys, um, and it's like. I've tried to make an effort to be, like, every profile, like, why? Like, think of reasons. Why am I swiping left or why am I swiping Mm -hmm. right? Those are good questions. Yeah. To ask yourself. One thing I do that, or I started doing is, since I've, like, I think I also, too, like, started thinking about race when I got to Penn because I came from, like, a predominantly... Mm, like white and Asian high school and my friends were all Korean so I I guess really I didn't have time to think about race um, was like so once I started thinking about race I think I started thinking about like oh like see myself as like an Asian male since I started to think about race I started to think about like how other people see me because I think right, race has a lot to do with how others see me than like how I see myself so I try to, like, get the temperature of, like, each city that I visit by using the apps and see, like, oh, like, how many matches do I get? Or, like, or like who's, like, swiping right to me and who's not swiping right to me? Um, and, like, trying to find, like, the most, like, Asian-friendly city to move to um, when I graduate. I'm not sure, like, if you guys do that, too. Like, if those like, are thoughts you have when you go to a different city. Or, like, comparing, like, the city to the city... Um, I guess, like, kind of, but, like, more so on, like, the whole, like, um, race is, like, really about perception. Because, mm-hmm. like, for me, that, like, really hits home. Because, mm-hmm. like, a bit unrelated to sexuality, but definitely related to race, which connects back. But, like, yeah. um, like <clears throat> when I was younger, I would, like, totally dissociate from my black identity. And just be like, oh, I'm Greek. But I was also much paler. And, like, you know, like, I'm, like, a bit darker now. And, like, in the summer, I get more tan. And, like, as I got older, I realized, like, whoa, like race is, like, largely based on, like, like how you identify. 
doesn't necessarily have to reflect how other people see you, but mm-hmm. it plays a large role in it. Mm-hmm. So now I definitely like identify more with just like my black identity because more people will see that versus like as like a Greek person who's just like it's more just like a country and yeah. like people don't really see that. Like it's in my name, like languages, but definitely not what people see. So I think that like affects how I move around like different places and like understand like which would be, like, most friendly. Like, if I go back to where I grew up, where, like, mainly Greek people there, at mm-hmm. one point at least, like, yeah, I'd look more like an other there versus, like, if I moved to, like, a predominantly black community or something like that, or somewhere more diverse with, like, yeah. yeah. I will say, um, I told these two we were recording at 2, and we <laughs> were recording at 2.30, um, and I want to publicly apologize for that. Mm-hmm. And Andreas, feel free to Venmo charge me one half of your hourly wage. <laughs> you can't afford that. <laughs> like, who do you think you are? Go ahead, charge me. I didn't say I'd complete it. <laughs> Denied. <laughs> Remind me a few times. Right. You can only remind once. Okay. Well, thanks, y'all. Thanks. Thank you for listening with myself, John Holmes, and my co-host, Ian John. We want to thank our intern, Diana, our wonderful producer, Joyce, Andrew Ellis, for providing our transition music. You can find him on SoundCloud as Dummy Fresh. We record in the Wexler Recording Studio in Kelly Ryder's house. And we want to thank, of course, the Daily Pennsylvanian for having us. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or conspiracy theories, feel free to email podcasts at thedp.com. And we'll catch you all in two weeks. 